Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do great work. You can find out more and give them a call. Visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a great show lined up for you today, including we we'll have guest Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll be talking about public in Florida. Marina Berkovich wrote uh, My Life in My Dresses. It's a story about her growing up in Soviet Russia. Thought she'd be a great contact to talk about what's happening in uh, Ukraine and Russia. We'll also visit with Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Les Governor. Mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will bring us commentary on what's happening here locally. It is March the 3rd, and on this day in 1952, in a 6-3 decision, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld a New York state law that prohibited communists from teaching in public schools. <clears throat> Coming at the height of the Red Scare in the United States, the Supreme Court decision was additional evidence that many Americans were concerned about subversive communist activity in their country. The New York State statute called the Feinberg Law banned uh, from teaching profession anyone who called for the overthrow of the government. The law was specifically aimed at communists. Several other states adopted similar measures. In New York, a group of teachers and parents challenged the law, and eventually the case went to the Supreme Court. The majority decision upholding the Feinberg Law declared the New York Times supported the belief that the state had a constitutional right to protect the immature minds of the children in the public schools from subversive propaganda or otherwise disseminated by those to whom they look for guidance, authority, and leadership. Sounds like a good educational principle that could be applied today, doesn't it? The dissenting opinion from Justices William O. Douglas, Hugo Black, and Felix Frankfurter charged that the New York statute turned the school system into a spying project. In New York, the teachers' union vowed to continue fighting the law. Eight teachers had already been dismissed under the provisions of the law, as many others were facing hearings. The Supreme Court decision was a barometer of the nation's national temper. In the years preceding the case, former State Department official Alger Hiss had been convicted of perjury in connection with his testimony concerning his involvement with the Communist Party. Julius and Ethel Rosenberg had been convicted and sentenced to death for passing atomic secrets to the Soviets. And Senator Joseph McCarthy had made a career out of uh, searching for communists in the U.S. government. By 1952, many Americans were convinced the communist agents and supporters were actively at work within the United States and their forces permeated every aspect of American life. The Feinberg Law remained in force until another Supreme Court decision in 1967 declared most of its provisions unconstitutional. So interesting is it gets, uh, reminds me that uh, really this uh, parental rights law is so important. This should probably should not be, the parents should be discerning and making, comp, making a commentary on what's happening in the schools with regard to, for example, uh, critical race theory. Well, there it is. Supreme Court law passed in this uh, law, passed uh, or, uh, supported this law back in the day, 1951. Well, Russian troops were in the center of the Ukrainian port of Kherson on Thursday after a day of conflicting claims over whether Moscow had captured a major urban center for the first time in its eight-day invasion. Russian's defense ministry said it was controlled Kherson on Wednesday, but an advisor to Ukrainian president responded that uh, Ukrainian forces continued to defend the Black Sea port of about 250,000 folks. We are people who have broke the enemy's plans in a week, Zelensky said in a video address. These plans have taken a year to write, or years to write. They are mean with hatred for our country and for our people. Russian forces have yet to overthrow the government in Kiev, but thousands are reported to have died or been injured, and more than a million people have fled Ukraine amidst the biggest attack on European states since 1945. Bombing at Kharkiv, a city of about 1.5 million people, has left the, uh, its center a wasteland of ruined buildings and debris. Russians have shelled the city of Izium, about 75 miles southeast, southeast of Kharkiv, killing six adults and two children. 
Russia said it was ready to uh, Wednesday for a second round of peace talks with Ukraine while giving a chilling warning that a third world war could certainly involve nuclear weapons. Scary, scary thought. Uh, in fact, uh, I recommend Tucker Carlson today's uh, interview uh, with, <clears throat> now I'm forgetting her name, but irrespective, uh, she, she uh, former presidential candidate and uh, from Hawaii. In any event, uh, just a very chilling description of what that could mean. The invading and Russian nation's uh, delegation will be in place to await Ukrainian negotiators, that according to a, a Kremlin spokesperson. Already more than 2,000 Ukrainian civilians have been killed, and the country's emergency services said, as the number of people fleeing could reach a million dollar, a million folks within hours. Ukrainian Foreign Minister Kubela later confirmed his nation's delegation would be at peace talks with Wednesday, even after uh, Zelensky, the president of uh, Ukraine, had said that Russia must stop bombing people for talks to continue. Let's hope the talks go well. That started yesterday, apparently. While wishful thinking has the upper hand in the battle to shape Western perceptions of the war in Ukraine, sympathy for the outnumbered and outgunned defenders of Kiev have led to an exaggeration of Russian setbacks, misunderstanding of Russian strategy, and even baseless claims from amateur psychoanalysts that Putin has lost his mind. A more sober analyst analysis shows that Russia may have sought a knockout blow, but always had a well-laid plan for follow-up assaults if the initial moves proved insufficient. The world must underestimate. The world has underestimated Putin be, before, and those ma mistakes have led, in part, to the tragedy in Ukraine. We have to be clear-eyed now that the war is underway, and I personally am concerned that the leaders in charge actually orchestrated the withdrawal in Afghanistan. <clears throat> a scary thought, isn't it? There's a, certainly a lot more background than on this story than the press is letting on, leading on. Well, interesting, interesting observation on the State of the Union address uh, yesterday. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin opted to sit with Republican members during Tuesday's State of the Union address rather than his Democratic colleagues, as usually it happens. The West Virginia senator instead sat between GOP Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker and Utah Republican Senator Mitt Romney directly behind Iowa Senator Joni Ernst. As the Biden gave his address, Manchin remained seated and refrained from clapping as others applauded the president for lauding items within his Build Back Better bill, including the expanded child tax credit that expired in December, when Manchin, which Manchin opposed, of course. On Wednesday's broadcast of uh, Fox Business Network's Cudlow, Senator Joe Manchin stated that you cannot be a superpower of the world if you have to depend on other nations to produce your energy and that he's in a different spot than his party and the President Joe Biden because they have a hard time coming to grips that you've got to use everything you've got or else you end up like Germany did in one heck of a mess. Well, thank you, Senator Manchin. That's certainly the case. And uh, no, they don't seem to understand that whatsoever. I'm happy you do. Well, every candidate endorsed by former President Donald Trump in Texas Republican primaries has either won or substantially leading their races as of 11 p.m. Eastern Time yesterday, potentially solidifying Trump's kingmaker status in the first primaries of 2022. The 45th president gave a stamp of approval as much coveted prize among Republican hopefuls to 33 candidates. Polling out of Texas has already shown that GOP voters are more likely to support candidates who have passed Trump's muster. Trump's endorsement secured the nomination for incumbent uh, Governor Greg Abbott, who faced fierce primary opposition from some pretty good candidates, including uh, Alan West. He also lifted two of House Republican top recruits to the nomination without a runoff, Monica De La Cruz and Wesley Hunt, who are both at 56% and well over half of the votes counted. The uh, Texas primaries are the first regularly scheduled primary elections in 2022 in the cycle, making it the first opportunity to test the power of Trump's endorsement. Well, I guess he fared pretty well uh, on these races, and I'm sure his Endorsement will be coveted as other races as they come up. Florida uh, Governor Ron DeSantis on Wednesday delivered remarks at the University of South Florida to announce funding for cybersecurity education. DeSantis told the USF students to take off their masks as he approached the lectern. 
<clears throat> you don't have to wear those masks, DeSantis said. I mean, please take them off. Honestly, it's not going to do anything, and we're going to stop with this COVID theater. <laughs> so if you want to wear it, fine, but this is ridiculous. A few students listened to him and took off their masks, but uh, some will be reluctant. It's just kind of amazing how people will continue keeping the masks on, even though they absolutely have, it's been proven, they don't provide any benefit for anyone, the mask wearer or those around them. In 2021, President Joe Biden's first uh, year in office, the president imported a, a record volume of crude oil and petroleum products from Russia, according to preliminary numbers from 2021. During 2021, the United States imported a monthly average of 670,000 barrels per day of crude oil and petroleum products, according to the EIA's preliminary numbers. Prior to 2021, according to historical numbers published in the EIA's monthly energy review, the largest volume of crude oil and petroleum products reported into the United States from Russia came in 2011. That year, the United States imported 624,000 barrels per day of crude oil and petroleum products uh, from Russia. By the way, uh, <laughs> the president announced that he's going to take something out of the petroleum reserves uh, to help fight the uh, rising costs of energy. Good luck with that. That'll last a day and a half. No, it probably have no impact whatsoever on prices. Well, President Trump released a statement on Tuesday noting that Democrats focused on climate change and not Russia, and it's one of the reasons Russia is invading Ukraine. Now the world is dependent on Russian oil, and the cost for gas in this is up nearly 50% from last year. There should be no war waging right now in Ukraine. It was terrible for humanity that Biden, NATO, and the West have failed it so terribly to allow it to start. Instead of showing strength and toughness, they declared the global warming hoax as the number one threat to global security, killing American energy independence, and then made Europe and the U.S. and the rest of the world dependent on Russian oil. They laid down the welcome mat and gave Russia the opening, and now Putin may be getting everything he wanted with Ukraine and the rest of the world suffering the consequences. It's terrible, but this is what you get with Biden, the Democrats, and rhino warmongers. By focusing on global warming, gas prices are way up in the U.S. as well as inflation. Russia is making a lot of money on its oil and gas products. Ukraine is being invaded by Russia. Comments from uh, President Trump. This whole thing has been way oversimplified, but this is so true that uh, we're actually fueling the war in Ukraine by buying oil instead of making ourselves independent, energy independent, as we certainly could within days uh, here in the United States. Well, I'm not going to have time to do this story, but it's so important that a former judge named uh, to investigate Wisconsin's election, 2020 election, declared Tuesday there's enough evidence of voting irregularities for the legislature to consider decertifying the state's final results, declaring Joe Biden the winner. Now, how about that? That is going to be an important development, and it could lead to a domino effect in some of these other swing states. We'll have to follow this story uh, very carefully. Well, this uh, segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show and the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. 
What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabee's.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252 252- 4541 Welcome back to the Bob Harton show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. By the way, listening to uh, Lulabee's Diners advertisement uh, just reminds me they got some great outdoor seating right now so i hope you consider having breakfast or lunch at lulabee's diner in the green tree shopping center this segment of the show brought to you by choice social it's a new refreshing social networking platform and i hope you'll download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us coming up i'm going to visit marina berkovich uh, grew up in soviet russia right now we have with us keith flaw co-founder of the florida citizens alliance keith thank you so much for joining us Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a coalition of uh, nonprofit coalition of, <laughs> of over 100 groups and 110,000 people and growing that uh, focus on K through 12 education reform here in the state of Florida. And to us, that means just uh, strong advocates for um, parental school choice um, and getting rid of the indoctrination in our school systems. Big deal, and uh, GoFLCA is the website. Just doing a terrific job, Keith. I think you and Pastor Rick and the other members of the Florida Citizens Alliance have really had a major positive impact on education, public education here in Florida. So I know we're coming up to, uh, against the uh, deadline for the end of the legislative session right now here in Florida. Uh, you've got some important bills pending. Tell us about it. What's going on? Yeah, I just uh, I drove up Sunday and spent Monday up there um, testifying on a bill called the uh, Individual Freedom Act. Uh, a little bit of background quickly. Um, the House and the Senate had two different uh, versions of that. The House passed its uh, version uh, late last week and messaged it to the Senate. Uh, the good news is the Senate decided to fast track it. And so it uh, went to uh, its... Um, you know, final committee on uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. And it's th- just a quick, uh, th- the bill is an amazing bill, but it makes it unlawful employment practice for both K through 20 schools and commercial businesses to, d- to uh, discriminate based on race, color, sex, or national origin. Now that sounds maybe pretty t- uh, consistent with what your listeners might think, but it does two major things in that. It changes the the, the, the uh, word uh, it used to be ethnicity to color and more importantly it gets rid of the the reference to gender and just makes it sex so it really un- begins to undermine all of this gender dysphoria that's taking place well and the other thing it sounds to me like it uh, nullifies affirmative action uh i um, not being a lawyer i'm not sure i can 
comment. Which would, um, by the way, in my opinion, be a good thing. I hope it does. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But um, it, it is an amazing bill, and it's now been fast-tracked. It's uh, second reading on the Senate floor, and the governor's indicated that he would sign it. So I think that that one's a done deal. Fantastic. Um, well done. You, you never can count, count it over till it's over, but we're feeling pretty good about that one. Uh, the other bill uh, is uh, Senate uh, CS House Bill 1557. It's a parental rights and education bill. Uh, the left has dubbed it the don't say gay bill, but that's absolutely um, distortion. Uh, all it does is it does two things. One, it, it puts the parent clearly in charge of uh, the education involving the, 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 uh, the health of their children, including mental health. And it prohibits teaching gender dysphoria or hiding um, the fact that they're, uh, that a child may be um, confused mm -hmm. uh, in grades uh, kindergarten through third grade. So it, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a really great step forward. And, you know, frankly, I'd like to see it be more than K through three, uh, but it, uh, it, it, it's a good bill. So, and that bill is also being fast-tracked. So uh, I'm ex I expect that bill to uh, to be uh, to get to the governor's desk. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with saying don't be gay, don't say gay, or whatever. <laughs> it's just trying to uh, try to splash uh, negative comments on a uh, very worthwhile bill. I mean, no no parent wants the uh, the uh, local school uh, teaching their kids about sex. It's just uh, out of line, quite frankly. Right, right. Well, the the third bill, and we've talked about it in the past, and it's uh, in its final read in the Senate is the 15-week the abortion bill that bans abortions after 15 weeks. Um, you know, it, it's a, a good bill. We've been supportive of it. The, the interesting part about it, in my view, is 94% uh, of abortions take place before the 15 weeks. So mm -hmm. um, it really doesn't deal with the majority of the issue, but it's a step in the right direction, kind of following suit with what Texas is doing. Yeah. So um, that's the status on that one. The one bill that's uh, there's a fourth bill that seems to be stuck in the Florida Senate. Um, it, it has to do with uh, it's the, the bill number in the House is 1197. It's the anti-union education union bill. It's uh, passed the Senate or the House, and uh, it's uh, Simpson and his senior leadership have refused to let it move in the in the, the House. So right now, in or the in the Senate. Days, I'm sorry, in the Senate. Yeah. Uh, right now, in the last few days, the only way forward is for President of the Senate Simpson to uh, move it directly to the floor. Uh, that's not very likely, but it's not impossible. And my understanding is the governor really wants that bill, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, so what's the content? What's the? Uh, uh, it, it has to deal with the certification of unions. Many of the unions have fraudulently, uh, under a bill that was passed a couple of years ago, have been fraudulently reporting their their certification process. Um, so it, it, that's the major thing. It, uh, it cleans that up. Um, what, could po this, what could possibly be the uh, president of the uh, Senate's objection to that? Now, I hate to be a cynic, <clears throat> but it's always about the money, Bob. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Simpson wants to run for uh, agriculture uh, commissioner. Ah. And uh, he's announced that. And so I'm guessing there's some, in his mind, some political advantage for protecting the unions. That's a, that's the only I mean, that's my conjecture, um, but it it is always about the money, and so uh, that's my two cents worth. Yeah, no, I appreciate that thought. It's uh, <laughs> probably it's you know Occam's razor, right? The most <laughs> the most reasonable explanation is probably true. So, yeah. so Keith, before I let you go, I know you've got a big event coming up this month. Yeah, uh, it's actually. Um, next uh, a week from yesterday mm -hmm. uh, it'll be at the ritz um right now we're setting just uh, three people shy of 500 people believe wow. it or not wow and uh, we've cut the we've cut the ticket sales off at uh, 500 so there are three more tickets to be sold <laughs> okay so if you want them you better get them uh, right now uh, keith right. Uh, the uh, the phone the website check it out go to goflca.com 
GoFLCA.com. GoFLCA.com is the website. Get tickets for this event. And if you don't can't go to the event, make a donation because Keith and the Florida Citizens Alliance are doing great work for public education. I quite frankly credit the Florida Citizens Alliance for our great escalation in the quality of education here in Florida in the last 10 years. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, take care and have a great weekend, man. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, Marina Berkovich. I'm looking forward to this interview. She grew up in Soviet Russia, wrote a book about it, uh, My Life and My Dresses. She's also the president and founder of the South, the uh, Jewish Historical Society of Southwest Florida. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can get tickets now by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Marina Berkovich, good friend, also author of a terrific read, My Life Through My Dresses. Uh, Marina grew up in uh, Soviet Ukraine, uh, in Kiev. And uh, I thought it might be interesting to get her thoughts about what's going on. Marina, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show, Bob. Always a pleasure, Marina. So uh, you wrote your book, by the way, great read. It's uh, My Life Through My Dresses, the story of growing up in Soviet Ukraine. Maybe you could just give us a little bit about your background. Of course, of course. I was born the year Gagarin went into space, so um, I'm kind of space age. Um, and um, I was born in the Soviet Union, which claimed to be a very good brotherhood for all the people um, that the Soviet Union forcibly uh, um, combined into its um, um, uh, population. Ukraine um, was, of course, a part of the 15 republics of the Soviet Union, and Kiev, the city um, which is Ukraine's capital and the city where I was born, um, is actually the mother of all Russia because Kiev and Rus was um, um, established there uh, sometime in the ninth century uh, or so. Um, I believe that the population there existed since second century of this era, uh, or at least there is some archaeological evidence to that. Hmm. And in 988, um, um, a, a prince whose name was, um, ironically enough, Vladimir, 
um, which is now the name of both Russian and Ukrainian presidents. Uh, but Vladimir, the first prince of Russia, um, in 988, actually forcibly converted the population of Kiev into Christianity. And um, the rest is, as they say, history. Yeah. So I grew up in the Soviet Union, and um, we um, experienced all the pleasures um, and all the unfortunate uh, circumstances of socialism on our own skins, and we do not want it back. And um, um, unfortunately, right now, um, there is this war between people of, U- of Russia uh, and people, you know, they're trying to occupy the, the people of Ukraine. And um, I very firmly believe that the Russian people and the Ukrainian people have a, uh, more than just the blood connection, which they, of course, do. Um, they have coexisted together for all this time since the formation of Rus. And Ukrainians have um, many different ethnicities meaning that the population of Ukraine has many different ethnicities because historically they have had Russians and then uh, they had Jews. They had, well, they probably had Jews before Russians because in that settlement in the second century, I think that there were Jews already present in the area. Then they had Tatars, Mongols, Poles, Gypsies, Romanians, you name them, they have them in the population of Ukraine. Same with Russia. It has like over 100 uh, languages spoken on its territory among this 120 uh, people. So um, they are multicultural countries with um, long and very complex history, and especially long and complex history as concerns Ukraine. So I myself um, left the Soviet Union in 1979 and came to the United States as a stateless refugee. Um, which is right now I'm looking at the scenes from the escape of the Ukrainian people from Ukraine to Poland or Romania or wherever else they're able to escape to right now. And I'm looking at myself in 1979 escaping the Soviet Union. Same horrific scenes of people getting into trains, children sitting uh, on the suitcases at train stations um, or um, driving in cars trying to escape. It's just absolutely, absolutely heart-wrenching um, tragedy that we are witnessing right now. Yeah, thank you, Marina, for that. So uh, quite, my, my problem is that I, I find it's a, 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 the news that is being presented is so simplistic. In other words, it's not showing the full details of everything that's going on. And uh, what's brought this on? And I'm not quite certain what's brought it on, quite frankly, even though I've tried to do a lot of research on it. Uh, so uh, is, do you find uh, Vladimir Putin at fault here? Is he the, is he the problem? Or is it because the Ukrainians, you know, they, they are talking about Nazis in, uh, in uh, the Donbass region and uh, just a number of things that are going on that may, and the United States complicit, in, for example, in expanding NATO uh, for a variety of reasons. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, um, in the Soviet Union, we used to have a wonderful saying uh, because we had two newspapers, um, Pravda, which meant the truth, and Izvestia, which meant the news. And there was a saying, there is no truth in the news and no news in the truth. So when I watch television, and um, this has been happening for several years in America right now, yeah. um, I, don't, I no longer believe any of the uh, public information means. Um, it's, you have to kind of be very intelligent and watch and hear all opinions in order to form your own, which unfortunately in America, people have been weaned off of um, critical thinking. Um, and they, the, the, the logic of interpretation of what's been shown to them through public information means or what's been um, printed um, is um, often lost on Americans. Right now, the older generations, they think, are still capable of doing it. The younger generations are not. So to go back to NATO situation and Biden, um, I'm, Biden had an opportunity to stop this. Biden could not negotiate anything for the life of him. Plus, I think Biden is personally invested in Ukraine, which, of course, we found out during the presidential election of Donald Trump in 2020, that Biden has, Biden's son has been paid off at least, and I think it was two, two or three million dollars that was proven, but possibly quite more 
um, into the uh, bank accounts that he called, uh, that he jointly um, had with Hunter Biden, his son. So there's definitely that personal involvement of several other United States uh, government people, um, uh, high-level um, uh, individuals like John Kerry, uh, Nancy Pelosi. Um, they all have children that have been on payroll of corporations that are Ukrainian corporations. Ukraine is probably one of the most corrupt countries in the world right now, not because of President Zelensky. He's actually tried to stop it, but it's, Ukraine has been because of its situation in Europe, because of its situation in um, uh, Tsarist Russia, because of its situation later on in the Soviet Union. Ukraine has been traditionally a very corrupt society. Everything is gained through favors. Advancement in life is gained through bribes. This has been going on for so long that um, the mentality of the people who are living like that is very difficult to change. Similarly to that of, let's say, um, you know, India or Pakistan or Afghanistan, for that matter. The, um, the, 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 the problem is that whatever you're hearing on the news, just, you know, watch different stations, read different newspapers, form your own opinions. And most importantly, hear and speak to people on the ground. Yeah. So I'm in touch with several individuals who are in, in different circumstances that are still there, my relatives, my family, um, that some of them um, tried to leave. Some of them are still on the ground. And the stories that are coming out are incredibly um, sad. But also they're sending me some documents, which I'm, I, I speak and read fluent, you know, I'm, I'm fluent in Ukrainian, so I can read and speak of uh, Ukrainian, so I'm getting it in the lang in the authentic language. So I also have heard a story, I have read the story from some documents from actually a request to Zelensky for document release from some of the parliament members in Ukraine um, that is dated 2020 is about American involvement in the biological weapons uh, um, factories or yeah. labs established in Ukraine. Yeah, no, I've, um, I've, I've, been... I, I've heard that as well, Marina, just very concerning. You know, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, move on at this point in our interview, but I must say this is so fascinating, and I really would like to hear uh, what your uh, relatives are reporting to you. I'd love to have you back on the show. I want to just point out to our listeners that uh, you are the president and founder of the Jewish Historical Society of Southwest Florida. Is there a website? Yes, of course. It's J as Jewish, H as historical, S as society of Southwest Florida, SWF. So jhssws.org. I'd be very happy if you visit and become a member. Marina, I really appreciate your comment here, here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate you inviting me. My pleasure, indeed. And I'll point out, uh, again, it's really a great read. It's uh, uh, My Life Through My Dresses by Marina Berkovich. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2007. I didn't get that. Could you try again? Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too.
School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.optimaed.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming out on a visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. And Seton, tell us about Less Government. I can't. We don't have any. (laughs) Um, But you're aspiring for it, Seton. You're leading the charge. Yes. Yes, I'd like to see uh, a reduction in the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, yes. Absolutely. And uh, doing a good job. Your latest column, I think, uh, speaks to this. It's Big Tech YouTube asks Big Gov to erase the censorship line. Unbelievably. Maybe you could tell us about this. Yeah, you know, I keep writing these pieces that, 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 that point to the latest you know, evidence of how, how much further wrong it's gone. And they, the pieces keep getting longer because, you know, I want to I want to build the threat. You know, I want to remind everybody this happened then this happened then this happened and this happened to show how they're cooking the frog, so to speak. Yeah. And the latest is late last week, the CEO of YouTube, I couldn't be bothered to remember his or her name, basically in public said it would be great if the government passed more laws to censor people. So we can enforce it. Yeah. So basically her problem, her problem is despite the fact that they're censoring like crazy already. Now, when I, in the title, I say erase the censorship plot. One of the things big tech defenders, including many conservatives say, and it's right, but it's only goes so far is only government can censor for the first amendment. It's Congress shall pass no law. It doesn't say anything about business. They're private platforms. If they want to censor, they can censor. However, I wrote a piece four or five years ago. I said, this is the new cronyism. Government gives big tech cronyism. Big tech censors people who don't like big government. Right. And now we've reached the stage where you have executives at the major big tech companies asking the government to pass censorship laws that big tech could now enforce. Hmm. Now, I'm sorry, that's erasing the censorship line. Right. If you're acting as an agent for government, even though you're a private company, you're an agent of government, and all the rights that apply to citizens vis-a-vis the government apply vis-a-vis the company. If they're openly asking to be deputized, as censors for government, they're a government agent. Yeah, so true. And see, by the way, I noticed on Tucker Carlson, he featured uh, this woman who is being nominated as a member of the Federal Communications Communication. We've talked about her before on the show. And, uh, Gigi Zone, yes. Yeah, and uh, you know, he's pointing out the corruption and the, how she's really eager to, for example, censor uh, companies, for example, like Fox News. Fox News, yes, not CNN, not MSNBC. Right. Fox News. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the problem. You know, it's 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 my description of Fox being angry at Fox News is like the punter coming to the coach and saying, "I'm not getting as much playtime, playing time <laughs> as the offensive defense." <laughs> That's good. Yes, because 
Yes, because ninety eight percent of the plays are either offense or defense. Right. You clown. Yeah. <laughs> Learn to play linebacker or shut up. Right. Um. So they've got MSNBC. I wrote a press release for Brent Bozell when Obama was complaining about Fox News being biased. And, and, and the entire press release was, okay, we'll seed, we'll seed you that Fox News is biased against you. If you'll admit, NBC, ABC, CBS, Washington Post, and listed like, you know, every major media outlet. But if you'll see that all of those are, are biased for you. Yeah. That was the whole press release. And so, yeah, Gigi Stone wants to censor Fox News. You know, she's at the point now between her ridiculous previous statements. And remember, I know Gigi. Yeah, I know you I do. I've worked with Gigi. Um, we, I put together two... Uh, before I before I enter DC, all the and you look at most of the events that occur inside the Beltway now, it's three or four or five panelists, all of whom agree with each other. Yeah. And I said, Well, this is boring and lame and unproductive. I so I went to Gigi and I said, Let's put together a tech panel. You get two other people, I'll get two other people, and we'll get a reporter to to moderate. So she helped me put it together, and it was a three-on-three debate with a, report, a tech reporter from the Hill newspaper. Um, and so, you know, we did that twice. We did that two times. It would have been interesting. And then I realized, what? It would be interesting, actually, to have people of opposing oh, opinions actually have a good discussion. Yeah, and people started emulating it, and then they went back to, you know, I described D.C. now, and this is, this is where we're headed. The GOP's done it for a while, and you remember... We call it conservative ink, where these people, you know, write op-eds and do television appearances and say conservative stuff. But they'll be at the cocktail party at 6 p.m. with all the leftists, and they don't really want to win. The the um, you're familiar with the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Sure, absolutely. Well, they who do they always play? They always Washington play generals. The Washington generals. Yep. Right. Well, Washington generals know the score. Yep. They know they're supposed to go out there and make the, the Harlem Globetrotters look good. And they win occasionally, but not very often, most of the time, because people want to see the Globetrotters win the game. Right. And that's the way it is in D.C. The left side, the Democrat side, are the Harlem Globetrotters. And the right side, the conservative Republican side, are the Washington Generals. And if you flash back to 1993... Bob Michael was the lead Republican in the House. He'd been the minority leader for like 20 years. And one of the things Newt Gingrich ran against in the contract with America was, Bob Michael is way too comfortable being in the minority. And most of these Republicans are just fine being in the minority so long as they can go to the party and get paid and be in on the, on the scam you know, the D.C. Oh, the the, the one-party system. I'm, I'll say this. Seton, it's kind of interesting to see our own uh, Rick Scott, uh, our senator, who is now has the 11-point plan. And uh, Mitch McConnell says, well, we don't want any 11-point plan. Put that thing away. And Scott says he just walks right by me. He says, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it. You know what? I think this shows this is the change of the guard. This is the Republican, the new Republican Party beginning to step up. Well, they don't, McConnell is awful and should have gone a long time ago. And right. he doesn't want to run on anything. Look, to a degree, I understand his, his, his philosophy, his theory, his strategy, which is the Democrats are so awful that the Republicans are going to win based on being not Democrats. That's yeah. his theory. It's not a bad one, but here's the problem. The next day after you win the majority – you have no agenda right. because you didn't run on one. So you have no, uh, what's, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm pulling a blank on the word. What's the uh, mandate? You have no mandate for anything. Right, right. Because you ran on nothing. All right. Well, that's so, that's that's going to so, change. That's going to change for sure. Seat Molly Hay, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage your listeners to go to the website, Less Government. Dot org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure indeed. Coming up, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, among other things, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, uh, good morning. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure, of course, on Thursday, and it's the Bob Harden Show. So yeah, here we go. It must be Thursday. How many years have we been doing this, Bill? I'm guessing 50, at least 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. I, what? What? How long have you been on the air? Well, I've been on doing the show on the internet uh, for almost 11 years, and before right. that, of course, I had the show at WGUF, and you were on the show for, on that as well. Right. So uh, it's well. Been- a lot of years, let's put it that way. Absolutely, Bill. So, uh, any good scoop in the city? Well, I got to tell you, Bob, I have been watching um, uh, the uh, proceedings of how they're going to get a new city manager. And um, yesterday they discussed it, um, and they have candidates, and they narrowed them down to, I believe, um, three or four candidates. Um, well, they had four, but one one dropped out. Um, and um, so they're trying to figure out, and if you just watched the last 15 minutes of their uh, council meeting yesterday at naplesgov.com, you can go on and find it. It, it is just, um, I, I mean, mass confusion. When to have the meeting, how to do the meeting, how to interview the candidates. Do you do Zoom or do you have them come in person? And then if you have them come in person, will you have something for the public so that the public can meet them as well? And how much time is this going to take? Um, And they have meetings already scheduled for council business. What are they going to do with them? And, you know, what's um, what's really interesting, Bob, is not one of them. There there really is no one other than myself um, that knows how the procedure really works when you get down to the final council, the final um, candidate, okay, that council has approved, and then you go up and you negotiate with them. Uh, the thought of Teresa Heitman um, negotiating with a potential city council in the office is is a is scary. Yeah, absolute scary. 
Well, I'll just, so, I'll just uh, reflect on this, Bill. I would guess if you were mayor, you'd ask staff to have all this information prepared, and you'd basically uh, just to say, okay, we're going to have some candidates and the proposals that we're going to do the following. We'll do this right. on Zoom or we won't do it. However you're going to do it, why take the time of uh, city council to try to figure that stuff out? Well, you know, and I feel bad for, for Pete DiMaria because they had him going every which direction, and each council member had a different uh, idea, and they were trying to throw this together, and um, and Heitman was, was getting agitated, um, and <laughs> said, well, well, we'll we'll work it out. Well, you know, uh, it, it was just um, it was just a, a debacle, and um, yeah. so you know. Um, it's it's just uh, shows once again no leadership, um, yeah. and and um, you know I get tired of saying that, but the more you watch, the more you understand. And the new candidate, um, she hasn't offered much uh, that I can see at all. But I've never met her. I don't. I can't say much about her. Um, but um, they're just um, they're just going every direction. And Hutchison is going to be out of the country on one of those days. Somebody else had something else to do. And um, they can't quite get the schedule down. So I don't know where it's going to go from here. Um, but they do have a couple of candidates now. As far as the candidates go, we don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, uh, I, I didn't see the uh, the final list. And uh, so I can't tell you much about that. But I will next week. So interesting. Again, Bill. Before, hey, before I let you go, Bill, I uh, would love your yeah. what, what are your thoughts on what's happening in Ukraine, Russia and everything that's going on? I don't know, Bob. I, I honestly, you know, I, I'm I'm a New York Post reader and they deliver it every morning. And I'm good. You know, they're talking about um, uh, making uh, uh, Putin, which they should, a war criminal without a doubt. But uh, I just, you know, killing civilians and um, even the Russian soldiers are uh, in this morning's post um, are saying, you know, we don't belong here. We're, this is our brother, our fellow country. We shouldn't be doing this. Uh, I mean, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I think the more sanctions you can put on them, the 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 the, the better it would be. That's what else can you? What else can one say? Yeah, no, I mean, but you know, there's uh, some history on this. In fact, uh, apparently, in these Donbass region, uh, there have uh, we agreed to uh, in the Minsk agreement. I guess there was a Minsk agreement that we agreed to. Uh, a number of things, and they agreed to have a, a, a ceasefire, and I'm talking right. about the, the Ukrainians and the Russians, but uh, apparently things con continued, and in fact, uh, there's even one report that uh, the Ukrainians actually killed their own in order to kind of stage uh, what looked like a Russian attack on these people to try and uh, stir people up. I don't know. It's very complicated, Bill, but what I have come to conclude, I conclude the, the following that you can't trust the press on anything. We really don't know what's going on. No, no. That no, I, I'm, we really don't. But we have to. You have to believe in something, Bob. I you know. know I mean? Yeah, I know. So, so, so that's the thing. But um, I um, I just uh, I just feel feel bad like everybody else does. Feel terrible for the Ukrainian people. Yeah. No. Well. But you know, it, of course, it's the people that suffer. It's so unfortunate. You you'd mentioned the uh, soldiers, the Russian soldiers that don't know why they're there. That they they thought they were going to a military exercise, according to one report. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you know, and um, it's um, meanwhile, you know, you can you can switch gears and come back to to Naples, Florida. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, everybody is busy. The restaurants are busy. Traffic is uh, is at the max. Um, oh. And, um, you know, you watch from afar uh, at least. Biden has stuck to the, his uh, statement of we will not be involved in this as far as putting yeah. uh, any of our troops uh, over there. And I hope he stays that way. Well, me too. Let's hope he keeps his word on that. Again, right. Bill, Bill it's, you know, isn't it beautiful here? It's been so fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be 90 degrees this weekend, Bob. No kidding. Well, yeah, <laughs> I heard that yesterday. I said, are you kidding me? Uh, it's a little early for 90s. That's true. Bill Barnett, again, former mayor of Naples. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show, Bill. Thank you well, so Bob, much for I joining I appreciate it as, uh, being on the show as well, and uh, you have yourself a good rest of the week. You as well. Thank you so much, Bill.
Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for tomorrow's show, including Byron Donalds, our U.S. representative. Look forward to a visit with Byron. He was, of course, at the State of the Union address. And I noticed he was sitting with Marjorie Taylor Greene and a couple of others, uh, Bobert. And uh, anyhow, look forward to his comments on uh, that as well as what's happening in the nation. Byron Donalds, our U.S. representative. Also, uh, William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute, will be joining us. We'll also visit with Brad Palumbo. He is the domestic correspondent for the Foundation for Economic Education. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston and author of many books, his latest, Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Bob Harden at Hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. Dot com.